Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And on The Stack, we talk about a bunch of books that have come out this week. And let's be honest, they're mostly DC books. There was a lot of DC books this week. What's going on, Pete? You already have something to bring up right here at the top of the show. What's happening? So we've had a little bit of a evolution here in our relationship. You know, normally what Indeed. happens is, is we... Uh, you send out, you know, you decree what's in the stack, and then we don't <laughs> have any back and forth. Oh, my but God. But I've been slowly, you know, letting me and Justin have a voice and, uh, you know, trying to fight for st- uh, stuff that we uh, like. Uh, but what was great was I actually emailed you back and was like, hey, I'd like to add these to the stack. And so hopefully that will happen today. Is that what you think has been happening, Pete? Uh, versus me being like, hey, here's some titles we should talk about, and then you not responding until we're taping the show, and then at the end of the show being like, by the way, these other things. Also, I'm going to complain the entire time we're reviewing too many titles, and then add additional titles. And every time I'm like, just let me know before the show, and you're like, yep, don't do it. Look at it. I did it this time. You did it. So you're growing. This is not on me. Don't put this on me. I'm saying we're both evolving. Maybe maybe one of us more than the other. I don't want to point any figures. It seems like all you do is point figures. Oh, my gosh. Oh, pointy, pointy, pointy. Yeah, exactly. Classic. Do you know who doesn't point fingers? Because Ooh. he's so stiff in his costume. Batman 89, number one, from DC Woo. Comics, written by Sam Hamm, art by Joe Canones. This is, as you can guess from the title, a continuation of the universe from the Tim Burton Batman films. So we're getting Billy Dee Williams as Harvey Dent and a couple of other people. Michael Keaton, sort of, as Batman. Um, what do you think about this? This is a highly anticipated comic. Actually, let me take a step back because uh, I find that we sometimes disagree about these things. What do you think of the Tim Burton Batman movies? Uh, I love the first one. I thought it was really unbelievable. Um, wow. Yeah. I love the second one. Wow. We're very different people. <laughs> yeah. 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 Have you I... watched Batman 89 recently? Uh, no. Okay. No. It doesn't hold up because that was one of my favorite movies for a very long time. Yeah. If you watch it again I now, had the t-shirt it's back in the day. It's Michael Keaton's great, but it's very yeah. slow. It goes in some weird directions. 
And I don't know, Joker isn't like a good physical threat for Batman, who also doesn't really do much. But Batman Returns is great and still holds up. But regardless, I'm happy to revisit this world. I thought it was fun to jump in here. Uh, I want to see more of it. Like, I'm excited to read the second issue because it really feels like it gets to the plot of this movie as a comic book or whatever it's going to be at the end of the first issue. And other than that, it's a lot of check-ins with characters, but guided by Joe Canonis's always awesome art. What do you think, Pete? Yeah, I really thought this was a great idea. Fun to kind of revisit this. And it kind of felt like the uh, late 80s, early 90s kind of feel like the way the art and the kind of uh, the style kind of met. I I thought it was a a fun idea. And uh, just like also really love the kind of check that Batman got here where he was, uh, you know, he kind of got kicked out of a house and be like, yo, man, don't don't fucking pick on poor people asshole like like fucking show them some respect i really like that i thought that was a cool uh thing to have happen to batman so i uh i thought it was a great issue next up defenders number one from marvel written by al ewing art by javier rodriguez this is bringing together doctor strange and picking a bunch of other heroes some classic defenders, not some not quite so classic, and bring together some of the stuff from Marvel Comics 1000, some of the plot lines over there. I thought this was great. I mean, you have Javier Rodriguez's art, which is amazing, I mean, but this on. is wild and weird as it should be. The graphics were insane. The plotting was fascinating, and... I gasped out loud at the end of the issue, which is such a great idea. Uh, I loved it. What about you, Pete? What'd you think? I was really impressed with how well this started. Like it kind of like when you read the title, you're like, okay, what's this going to be about? But I liked how we kind of where we started and how we started and kind of the setup moving forward. Uh, yeah, I can't say enough about the art. Just phenomenal. Such a great use of different characters in this kind of like uh, uh, weird, tripped out world. Uh, yeah, this was an amazing comic. Definitely worth checking out. And that last tease for next issue, just the I don't want to ruin it, but it seems it, like you do want to ruin it. Like you it's great. I, it I don't want to ruin it. Check out this book. This is a must pick up. Next up, Pennyworth, number one from DC Comics, written by Scott Brian Wilson, art by Juan Gideon. This is picking up off of the TV series that we all know and have all watched and all definitely love. But this is <laughs> jumping through multiple <laughs> timelines of Alfred Pennyworth as he is an MI5 agent, as he's picking up later when he is a butler. Pete, you love Alfred. What did you think about this book? Huge Alfred head. Uh, Yeah, I thought this was fun. Kind of a spy Alfred book. Um, He's alive, isn't he? He's alive. Isn't that enough for you? Yeah, exactly. He's alive. That's all I needed. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I like the backstory stuff. I love the spy stuff. I thought it was uh, great art. I mean, I want more... Uh, kind of Wayne stuff, but that's not what this book is about. So, you know, you know, uh, shame on me. But yeah, I'm just, it's nice to see Alfred alive, you know. I agree. Next up, Runaways number 100 from Marvel, written by Rainbow Rowell, art by Andreas Genelet. This is the last issue of this book, which is super sad because Rainbow Rowell and team have been killing it 
on Runaways. This is the best it's been since the original run by Brian K. Vaughn. So I'm sad to see it go, but it goes out in big fashion with some big twists that have teases for the future if they want to pick up on them, and a truly beautiful, romantic panel at the end there that brought a tear to my eye. Pete, I know you're not quite as big of a fan of Runaways as I am, but what did you think about this book? Uh, Yeah, I thought this was really fun, uh, amazing art, really great kind of characterizations, some touching moments. You know, I thought it was, uh, this is really the solid book. Uh, if you're if you're like I don't know about the Runaways, I think this is definitely worth checking out for sure. Uh, it's sad to see that it's uh, it's ending, but very very well done. And I'll mention most of you folks listening out there probably know this, but if you don't, Rainbow Rowell is also a very prolific author, and that's how she eventually got picked up by Marvel. So if you like this book and didn't know that, definitely highly recommend her books. I love them. In particular, I'm reading one called Wayward Son right now, which is a sequel to your book, Carry On, which is a uh, queer version of Harry Potter that is super, super fun. It's actually a spinoff of another book she wrote that had fan fiction that she eventually spun off into its own book. So it's this whole thing. Point being, reader books, they're really good. Next up... I don't know if you guys know this, but Free Comic Book Day is actually coming up this weekend. So some of the issues have started to come out already. We got Free Comic Book Day 21, Suicide Squad, King Shark Special from DC Comics, run by Tim Seeley and Brian Azarella, art by Scott Collins and Alex Maleve. Now, the backup is from Suicide Squad, Get Joker, by Brian Iorizarello and Alex yes. Belief, which we've already reviewed last week. We've already talked down. about it. We're not going to talk about it again. It's well, it nice to say throw it in the free comic. Exactly. Listen, hey. it's great. It's so good. But the front of it is something that's very clearly pivoting off of the Suicide Squad now in theaters and on HBO Max and also in our podcast feed as we talked about it. This is the King Shark pretty much from those books. There is a character who is not Ratcatcher 2, but looks exactly like Ratcatcher 2. I assume they couldn't use her in continuity for whatever reason, but it's so clearly spinning off of the movie. Given that we really like the movie, do you think it translated to this book? Yes, I thought it was a really fun team up uh, and unbelievable art. I thought I thought it was, yeah, it's great. And plus it's free. You should check it out. And you like Tim Seeley. You're a big fan of the Tim Seeley. Tim Seeley's got a great sense of humor. That guy knows how to write. He does. Uh, I like the setup here. Really started to like it when it got into the concept with King Shark. Scott Collins' art is always really good. He's one of my favorites. So this is very fun. Definitely pick it up this weekend. Next up, The Unbelievable Unteens, number one from Dark Horse Comics, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Tyler Crook. There's another title spinning out of the Black Hammer universe books, but you don't need to know anything about it. This is a X-Men riff similar to the concept of Black Hammer. What if the X-Men forgot who they were? That's kind of what's going on here. I thought this was fantastic. As usual, every one of these Black Hammer books are so good and so unique. What about you, Pete? Yeah, I mean, first off, the art is phenomenal. This When you pick this book up, it just feels so good. It's uh it's a it's such great paneling and storytelling. Uh I, I just couldn't I just love paging through this book. Um but yeah, it gets a little meta. I always think it's weird when the artist gets confronted by their creation. 
Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a good problem to have, but, uh, you know, you would I just love be- to be confronted by your creation. Yeah, You're sure. kind of being confronted by your creation right now, Pete. That's, uh, that's weird. But, uh, yeah, I just think it's, uh, you know, gets a little meta, but still pretty amazing. I thought this was really good. Definitely check this out, regardless of whether you had checked out the rest of the books. And now we are going to move forward and pay some of the bills, thanks to this week's sponsor. Ah. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pew problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off, plus three free shipping not three shipping. You're not going to get it three times with the code uh, fansided20. Sorry about that, Pete. Inside this yeah. package, though, you will find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. Wow, it sounds nice. It sounds really nice. Now, Pete, you've been, you have the Lawnmower 4.0. Have you been having problems carrying it around with you as you go? Yeah, you know, I would really could use a, a bag to kind of hold it all in. Mm-hmm. And you're also always in. holding your underwear as well, right? So sort of same yeah. thing. Yeah, I need like a drawer or something to put my underwear in. <laughs> <laughs> but I would like to say, though, that you like you at the beginning of this, you said uh, from Houston to Australia, you know, there are other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to give a shout out to those people listening in Canada right now. You know, maybe there's people down in New Orleans, maybe people on the west. Well, here's the thing. You don't know which way I was going, Houston to Australia. You don't know if I was going westward or eastward. So we should probably clarify that first. I just didn't want to just narrow, you know, exclude people. I really want to. It was westward. I was very specifically excluding New Orleans. Oh, that hurts. It does. But you know what doesn't hurt is using the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. Which is nice. That's what you want out of a ball trimmer. Uh, you want something that's not going to hurt or pull or do anything weird. And then you've got a light so you can see what you're doing, which seems like, oh, why do I need a light? But once you have the light, you're like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I lost my keys down there. Uh, wow. I don't know how anything works. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com for a clean trinity and beyond. Your space balls will thank you. And now... Back to the stack, kicking it off with another free comic book day book, Batman Special Edition from DC Comics, written by John Ridley and James Tynion IV, art by Jorge Jimenez and Travel Foreman. Now, this is another two-up. You're getting two books. One, I Am Batman number zero that we're going to talk about a little bit in the stack. You get the first half of that. But also we're going to get the official kickoff of the Fear State event as Scarecrow is unleashed on all of Gotham City. We've been reading Batman. We've been loving Batman. What do you think about this story in here? Uh, I liked it. I I mean, Batman losing his shit. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Amazeballs art. Uh, You know, I'm glad we got a little touch of the I Am Batman fun. Uh, but I really appreciated the Fear State bre- uh, breakdown. Thank you very much for that. I'm very happy. It's nice to have it kind of like all laid out for you, like they a do. A checklist. Yeah. Well, That's it's a more lot than of books. Che- it's more than a checklist. If it kind of really breaks, it's it a down. friend. It's not. It's not just a yeah. checklist. Yeah. It's like the best man in my wedding. 
Oh, wow. Your poor brother. Yeah. Anyway, yes, this is very good. And again, it's free. Let's move on to Six Sidekicks, number three from Image Comics, written by Kyle Starks, art by Chris Schweizer. This is continuing a bunch of sidekicks from different TV shows trying to solve the murder of a... Oh, my God. Why can I... Why do I keep... Chuck Norris. Chuck yeah. Norris. Yeah. Chuck Norris-type character called Trigger Keaton. Um, in this issue, we're meeting his female sidekick who starred on a... Uh, not really Star Trek. What was the show that, what's his name, who played uh, Kevin Sorbo? Why can't I remember anybody's names? Kevin Sorbo's like off-brand Star Trek. Was it Andromeda or something like that? Sure. Whatever it is, it feels like that sort of show. But I love this character. She is so much fun. She's relentlessly positive, kicks yep. ass, gets completely wasted in this issue, and still kicks ass. This book is so much fun to read. It really is, because there's sometimes where you're reading something and you're like, I don't like this portrayal of drunk, but this is such a fun drunk that it's uh, it's very enjoyable to read. It makes you want to go out and throw a couple back, you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, great, fun character, amazing art. I love totally uh, the choices that they're making with the colors in this book. Uh, it's It's really a lot of fun, and there's some heart to this, which I really appreciate. Great book. Definitely pick it up. Next up, as we mentioned, I Am Batman number zero from DC Comics, written by John Ridley, art by Travel Foreman. This is giving it an origin for the future Batman that we met in Future State. We're finding out what costume he used before the costume. Pete, what'd you think about this one? Well, see, now this is labeled the zero, uh, a zero issue, but it really feels like it's uh, a number one. Like, I don't like this being a zero issue. This gives you so much in this book. I was really impressed with all that you got in this. Uh, and uh, I, I would call this a great first issue and not a zero Do issue. Do you think zero issues are like, and nothing happens? Like, they just kind of toss it out there, like, make sure nothing happens here because this is well, a Well, no, issue. a lot of times zero issues is backstory and setup. Sure. And they're like, here's this character. This is what they're about. This is a, where the... <laughs> You're describing is. a first issue, Pete. No, I'm not. You're also describing this issue because they here's the character. They no, but they did about. it in such a great way and gave you so much. It's so much more than a zero issue. This is very fun, regardless of what Pete is saying. I enjoyed this as well. Check this one out. And hey, go to the Batman Free Comic Book to say special. If you're not sure, you get the first half of the issue there, and then you can be sold or not. Maybe just exactly. go into your comic book shop, get the free comic book day special, and then say, hey, I already read the first half. Can you just sell me the back half of I Am Batman number zero? And then show them the ripped back half that you Don't did at the stand. The and they'll be Don't like, absolutely, that's how sales work. It's the that's same awful. thing when you're trying to get like a shirt half off. You rip it in half, and then you bring them the bottom half. It's not how it's a nice, work. It's a nice tube to cover your belly. You the Silver Coin, number five, from children. Image Comics, written by Michael Walsh, art by Michael Walsh and Gavin Fullerton. I was very surprised to hear this is one of your most anticipated books of the week, Pete, because I feel like you've been very down on this because of how creepy it is. I love this one. I love the explanation of the Silver Coin that we get here. But why did you like it? All right. Well, first off, uh, we finally get the origin story of the creepiest coin of all time, okay? So I was like, finally, great, yes. Uh, also very impressive that they did it th at the end, at the fifth issue, 
Uh, you would think that that would come a little bit earlier, but a tip of the hat to them. They told such amazing stories. They didn't need to give it to us until the end. Um, but I also really loved the kind of uh, the kind of creator in the back talking about it and sharing uh, kind of like the thoughts I behind it. it. I'm a sucker you, for that. I'm a sucker <laughs> for it. It makes it so you much better. You were fine with the re- issue, but you love the page of Michael Walsh saying, hey, yes. great news. We did really well. and We're going to get more comics out of this. Yeah, I was very it's moved very by sweet. that. But um, I just think for a creepy book, and I don't like creepy books, they did it in such a creative way that kind of sucks you into where the coin was mm-hmm. and what was going on around it that it was very impressive. Uh, I had to kind of ignore all the creepy stuff a little bit because the story was so good. So it was a very well written. Yeah. Great stuff. Definitely check out this book. And good news, there is going to be more of it. Next up, we're almost at the end here. Rorschach number 11. From DC Comics, written by Tom King, art by Jorge Fornas. As we suspected in the last issue, this is kind of going with the structure of Watchmen in terms of changing everything you know in this final issue here. As our main investigator realizes what he laid out in the last issue isn't true at all, and there's an even deeper conspiracy going on. Pete, what's the question? Uh, what happened? <laughs> So it's a little happy. It's a little complicated. And honestly, I don't know if I can completely explain, can you please explain every this? step of it. But the short version is you got Robert Redford running for president again in the Watchmen continuity. He's won every year because of the Vietnam vote, because Vietnam is a state now, which we know from the Watchmen TV show. Mm-hmm. There's the guy who is running against him knows that there is absolutely no way that he could win. Mm-hmm against Redford. So what he does is he works with this cowboy lady and the pseudo Rorschach that she's working with, who's basically like the Jack Kirby stand in to create a botched assassination attempt on himself that will instead indicate that Robert Redford orchestrated it in order to take down Robert Redford. And what they did, though, in this issue, I believe what's happening here is the main investigator, whether this is true or not, is intuiting that not only did they do that, but they also gave him the clues so that he could figure out this conspiracy. So this ties into the overall theme of the book of conspiracies, what is true, what is not. I think it's up to you and potentially the last issue to find out whether, yes, the cowboy lady and our new Rorschach were in fact indicating to him that, Hey, here's what's really going on here. So you have to actually kill this presidential candidate. Yeah, Cause that's what I thought. I thought it was saying like this guy who is trying to find out all this stuff then realizes for all this to actually happen, he has to put on the Rorschach mask and kill some people. Yes, that is what we are heading towards is that is there's those panels of him seemingly getting shot in the face. I believe the indication there is that he is dying and being reborn and finally accepting now that he has been completely broken down that, yes, he is maybe Rorschach reborn. And even he's like, that's crazy. That can't possibly be true. Rorschach is not being reborn as people. But there's a little part of him that's starting to buy into this insane conspiracy theory. No. That's why we get that Herm at the end of the issue. Yeah, that Herm was really 
That was intense, Herm. There and now, so let me let me just say something. So, yeah. if let's say you're a journalist, and I use that term very loosely, oh, you uh, son of a bitch! And so, like you're, um, you know, you're working on a couple things, and it, it, these projects turn into being very big projects, and then you find out like the only way for your kind of like dream scenario to actually happen and to save your wife and children is you got to put on the Rorschach mask and continue this, you know, kind of dread pirate Roberts thing with Mm -hmm. Rorschach and you have to murder a couple people just to kind of keep your timeline going. Was there a question there or was Yeah, would you would you do that? Would I do that? No, I don't think I could ever murder people. Okay. Well, all right then. You, Pete? Well, if it was gonna save your you know, your family, you Mm. you wouldn't even consider it. I sure I'd consider it. I just don't physically think physically, if we're being one hundred percent honest, no joking, I don't think physically I could kill a person. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because I've seen you push people in the traffic, so (laughs) Yeah, I mean that was, you know, so unconscious. It's funny that you keep it. I don't think I could do it, but yeah, I, I don't think I could do it. Do but it. maybe I could. <laughs> maybe I'd want to. Maybe I. Maybe once I did it, I'd have a hunger for death. It's <laughs> got a real weird path. Anyway, this My issue apologies. is very good. Definitely pick it up. I'm very interested to see how they wrap this up in the next issue. Next up, Ordinary Gods, number two from Image Comics, written by Kyle Higgins, art by Felipe Watanabe. We had a great conversation with Kyle Higgins about this on our live show this very week, which you check out in the Comic Book Club feed. But that aside, even though we're best friends with Kyle Higgins right now, what did you think about the second issue, Pete? Well, I was really impressed with the second issue. Um, this uh, all here we go. Just this, because he was on our show, the book is great. Okay, okay. Well, it was uh, really good. I actually, yeah, really I was going to say, you don't think this book is great? I mean, the art's unbelievable. The story really clicks into place here. What is happening in this issue? And it's a big like aha, like oh shit moment. And. Uh, I think it's intense. I mean, Salvin, if you woke up on a cruise ship and someone was going to offer you the old red pill, blue pill type of thing, mm-hmm. I mean, if someone said, uh, Salvin, turns out you're a god, um, you know. I'd say yes. You say, I knew it the whole time. No, if somebody asks you if you're a god, do you say <laughs> yes, Pete? <laughs> How did I not see that coming? You backed me right into that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You packed um, yourself right into that. <laughs> I, I thought this was really, uh, really impressive. Second issue. Uh, first issue, I was like, wait, what is happening? But this really clicks in in an unbelievable way. But art is just phenomenal and worth it alone. Totally agree. These first two issues really work very well as a package together. Next up, Wonder Woman. Number 777 from DC Comics, written by Michael W. Conrad and Becky Cloonan and Jordi Belair. Art by Manuela Lupacino and Paulina Ganachau. Jordi Belair and Paulina Ganachau are on the backup about a young Wonder Woman. But the front story is wrapping up, well, not this next arc, because I think it was just this issue. But Wonder Woman is tracking down Janice sort of her evil twin, and finds herself in a universe where all of the genders have been flipped. So she teams up with a all-female Justice League. Um, this title continues to be great. Yes. I, I I think this is fun. It's just really cool and unbelievable art. Um, 
And also, it was very interesting, the kind of, like, main character and Wonder Woman, kind of like, he had this belt that kind of was like a shout-out to Batman, I felt like. So I was like, ooh, what, what was what you trying to say there? Uh, which was very, very exciting, because I liked the idea of Batwoman and Wonder Woman together. Um, but... Uh, backup story got a little too pervy in one panel that I didn't appreciate, but other than that, I thought that, uh, this was pretty amazing. I think maybe that's on you. I like this book quite a bit. The Joker number six from DC Comics, written by James Town of the Fourth and Sam Johns, art by Gillam March and Sweeney Boo. The backup story here is all about Punchline, Pete's yeah. inexplicably favorite character, tackling with Harper Row, but the front story is about Commissioner Gordon, as usual, trying to track down the Joker. He's run afoul of a bunch of cannibals with a lot of money. Uh, I I know I say this every issue, but it really is like Hannibal set in the DC universe, and it's great. It's so good. And it's so good to see Gillen March on this, too, because he draws grotesque characters like nobody else. Uh, yeah, I agree. This is phenomenal. Um Unbelievable art, fantastic last page. I really love to kind of reveal of Joker's plan a little bit there that we got a sneak peek of. Um, I love the art and this kind of the style of the backup story and what's going on with Punchline is very interesting. So, yeah, I've been really enjoying this Joker package. You love a tight package. Infinite Frontier, number four, from DC Comics, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Paul Pelletier, Nuzizius Marino, and Zermonico. In this issue, a lot of stuff is happening as usual. We get a reveal of some villains that are behind something, and by the end of the issue, but a lot of stuff goes on. Uh, this... I'm having a hard time talking about this one because I like the art quite a bit, but this was... Very convoluted here. There was a she lot gets of crazy. Stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm not out of this series by any means, but while I've been digging the first couple of issues, there are too many deep continuity things happen here where it's starting to hurt my brain a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think by the end it gets a little too goofs for me, but um, I really love the this idea of like Superman president thing, which is really great. I love that character choice. They're doing some really awesome things, and I'm glad they're taking big swings. I'm just a little worried that it's going to get a little too, too DC kind of world infinite bullshit kind of stuff. But so far, so good. Yeah, I hear you on that. I think that's my issue with it right now is there's a bit too many things that you need to remember to understand and appreciate any given issue. And I know most of those things, but I kind of feel like I want to enjoy the story without these big reveals of characters at the end of it that I then have to go back in the archives of my mind and remember exactly who they are. Um, but uh, regardless, there's a couple of more issues here. I'm definitely on board. I'm curious to see where they take it. Next up, Detective Comics 1041 from DC Comics, written by Mariko Tamaki, Matthew Rosenberg, art by Dan Mora and Derek Robertson. Pete, talk about this issue. You loved it, right? Oh, absolutely amazeballs. But I also wanted to shout out uh, Jordi Belair on the art as well. Um, I I just feel like this is such a... Like, this is, to me, is such a great kind of, like, Batman story. 
Uh, it the art almost has like a Jim Lee esque vibe to it, but it has a little bit more like Sin City background and highlights. If you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. I just feel like this is such a cool uh, a Batman story. It feels like this kind of like classic Batman story. You know, Bruce is kind of like down and out and and Gotham, but he's he's still sneaky and tricky, like the Batman that we know and love. Um, but I just think that, uh, you know, Mariko Tomake is just absolutely killing this. I, I feel like this is so well written. And uh, the backup, uh, Berkey, just killing that as well. I'm just, uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of uh, give this book a shout out and say it's phenomenal. It is really fun. Uh, I am surprised you like this, despite the fact that Dan Mora, who also does the art for Once in Future, is not drawing a grandma in this issue because I know how much you love grandmas. But yes, really fun book. Next up and last up, up, Hardware, season one, number one from DC Comics, written by Brandon Thomas, art by Dennis Cowan. Talk about this one, Pete. Well, first off, I love the art style, okay? It's got this kind of like liney kind of feel to it, which is really great. It kind of reminds me a little bit of like, uh, a 90s kind of feel. So I love the kind of like throwback but modern kind of take that it's doing. I really appreciate that. I think it's a solid first issue. Um, I, I'm very happy with where this is like kind of setting things up and how it's doing it. Um, and also it does this really interesting thing, which I I really like, and we read so many comics, they always have some ideas or stuff in it, but there's this interesting thing where it talks about, like, the first time this guy felt alive, like, really felt, like, connected with his father and, like, had this kind of, like, first moment with his dad at a protest, and I think that's such a cool, powerful thing to talk about. Uh, you know, like this thing of like, what's your first kind of like memory? When did you first kind of like come online as a as a human being? Like, what is your first kind of like big like, oh, shit, I remember that. Uh, so I thought that was like such a cool way in to start this um, that I think is a, a, a great kind of a, a way to kind of bring people in. And I think and I hope that a lot of people will check it out because I thought I think it's, it's such a cool uh, kind of uh, uh, concept and, and character. For me, that first moment hasn't actually happened yet, but I'm very excited to see it happen. <laughs> oh, wow. OK. Yeah, someday. Right. Someday. Fingers crossed. Yeah, if you'd yeah. like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show uh, at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you at the virtual comic book shop. 